We begin with the latest COVID-19 test results, and once again today, no new positives for SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 disease. Chief Medical Officer Dr. John Lee reports 680 COVID-19 tests carried out since Friday, and right now 182 people are in isolation, either at a government facility or in their homes as required by the Medical Officer of Health. K-Man remains at suppression level 2, which is minimal suppression. Level 1 is the all-clear. With the school year upon us and suppression level 2 still in place, that means changes in the way our students will experience their classrooms. Radio K-Man's Dion Anglin has more. Last week, the Department of Education Services conducted on-site visits at government schools to ensure compliance with current public health protocols and guidance measures. The team was led by the Minister for Education, the Honorable Juliana O'Connor Connolly, and included education officials from both the Ministry and the Department of Education Services. The group toured government school facilities in Grand Cayman and Cayman Brac. Classrooms, corridors, and common areas were inspected for overall cleanliness, social distancing markers, signage and adequate hand washing and sanitization facilities. The team also inspected specific areas that have been identified as supplementary classroom and storage space to maintain appropriate social distancing. Minister O'Connor Connolly says she is satisfied overall with the school's plans and preparations, both completed and in progress, presented by school leaders during the tours. Minister O'Connor Connolly says all staff in government schools and the DES are subject to COVID-19 testing prior to to school reopening. A number of other measures are required, including the requirement that all students and school staff wear masks while inside school buildings. Students will have to maintain a distance of three feet in their classrooms and eat lunch at their desks. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. You can find contact information for government school leaders as well as the general guidance document for the reopening of schools and early childhood care and education centers at explore.gov.ky forward slash coronavirus education. Parents are also encouraged to remain in contact with their school leadership if they have any questions or concerns. His Excellency the Governor Martin Roper issues a statement on the domestic partnership bill outlining the reasons and justification for exercising his reserve powers under the Constitution. The statement says the courts made it clear that when the legislature did not pass the domestic partnership bill, It breached the Bill of Rights, and therefore the U.K. has a responsibility to ensure compliance. The governor notes that ensuring compliance with international obligations falls squarely within his responsibilities under Section 551B of the Constitution. Mr. Roper also said in his statement that he recognizes how sensitive an issue this is, but called on everyone to treat others with dignity, courtesy, and respect. And he said the drawing of parallels with Nazi behavior or making homophobic remarks are completely unacceptable. The domestic partnership bill is open for consultation until August 31st. Tourism Minister the Honorable Moses Kirkconnell says it is hard to predict with certainty what the future of the tourism industry will look like. But he says in the short run, we all need to be ready to adapt to change. Stakeholders in the tourism industry, both locally and internationally, will need to rethink their policies, re-engineer their practices to adapt to fast-changing developments. Minister Kirkconnell says we may not know yet exactly what all this will entail, but he does predict the new normal for tourism-related businesses and accommodations for the foreseeable future is likely to include social distancing and health protocols, incorporating cleanliness and sanitation, and the introduction of new operational procedures. Guests, whether domestic or international, will now be placing as much importance on health safety and hygiene as they once did on price, 
location and quality of service prior to the onset of COVID-19. Deputy Premier and Tourism Minister, the Honorable Moses Corconnell there speaking at Friday's Chamber Economic Forum. Six banks in the Cayman Islands partner to create and offer local automated clearinghouse services in the Cayman Islands, and they're taking that to a new level now. Radio Cayman's Paula Cal reports. The first solution offered through this joint venture was a domestic transfer product, which went live in April 2018. This product allows same-day immediately available electronic payments between the six participating banks here in Cayman. Fidelity Bank Cayman Limited, Cayman National Bank Limited, CIBC First Caribbean International Bank Cayman Limited, RBC Royal Bank Cayman Limited, Butterfield Bank and Scotia Bank and Trust Cayman Limited. Following the success of the domestic payment product, a second product launch is underway. A new check image exchange product will modernize the local check clearing process and support the introduction of reduced hold periods on local interbank check clearance. The Check Image Exchange CIE project is well advanced with a live launch projected in late 2020. An automated clearinghouse ACH is a payment network that allows the electronic exchange and settlement of checks, direct transfer payments, and payment-related information between participating banks. The electronic data interchange is governed by strict rules and agreements between participating banks and the central ACH operator, which ensure the safe and secure exchange of information. The benefits of the Cayman Islands Automated Clearinghouse, CIACH, since its implementation, have resulted in far-reaching and significant changes to banking in the Cayman Islands through the provision of a fast, highly reliable, secure, cost-effective network for participating banks to exchange payments on behalf of their customers. As this final phase of the ACH project progresses, customers should review the Cayman Islands Automated Clearinghouse CIACH page on www.cibankers.org. Discuss with their bankers the required changes to check issuance practices and look out for communications from their bankers that will help them to better understand the ACH services. For Radio Cayman News, I am Paul Akal. Prism Cayman Limited has been appointed to manage the Cayman Islands Automated Clearinghouse Network on behalf of the banks. After a member of the public discovers a significant number of sensitive documents abandoned at the Georgetown landfill, the Office of the Ombudsman issues a reminder about the importance of proper management and disposal of records. The data protection team at the Office of the Ombudsman inspected the documents in detail, but said they weren't able to determine exactly where they came from or whether they belonged to a private or public sector data controller. The records included things like publicly available court records, handwritten notebooks in shorthand, and some autopsy reports, some of which contained confidential and sensitive personal information. The Office of the Ombudsman says disposing of confidential records by abandoning them is not acceptable and should be avoided at all costs. Improper disposal could constitute a data breach under the data protection law and may be punishable with a fine of up to $250,000. If you'd like more information about the retention of personal data and the technical and organizational measures that should be put in place to protect that data, you can review the data protection guidance for organizations on the Ombudsman's website. That's www.ombudsman.org. Ombudsman.ky. And close order. Right. 
Cayman sees its first passing out parade of the new Cayman Islands Regiment. Held at the Truman Bottom Sports Complex on Sunday, 51 men and women who will now be known as reservists were seen on duty in uniform for the first time in front of a large crowd, which included members of the Legislative Assembly and the Cayman Islands Cadet Corps. During the parade, the Premier and His Excellency the Governor Martin Roper inspected the first 51 recruits. The senior management team and five lieutenants recently commissioned at the Royal Military Academy Sandhurst took part in the parade, as well as members of the UK MOD training team who flew to Cayman to train the new recruits. More on the regiment in just a moment, but first, a uh, look at sports. This year I've been registering. It's my first year, but hopefully uh, this year coming up, I can make a jump at it and get a starting position. National basketball athlete Justin Collins there. Collins received and accepted a basketball scholarship to attend the NCAA Division II University in Los Angeles last year. He redshirted his first season at Cal State, where he trained and traveled with the team before the coronavirus interrupted his schedule. What has that redshirting experience been like for you, Justin? It's been a wonderful experience, to be honest. Um, when I first got in, I thought I would get a, a starting position, but it is what it is, you know. Um, you got to go through that stuff, and pretty much it's like work in progress. You work on yourself, your body, get your body straight, ready for the next season. And it's actually a blessing to be a redshirt uh, for anyone because as long as you get a free year of college, which is a blessing, and you get to... Just do what you love. Still vibing with the team and everything, so it's nothing different. How was the transition from high school to college? Transition from high school to college has been a big step, you know, coming from a small private school to a big college campus. It's really, it was a big decision, and once I got there, everything changed. Like, workouts are different from high school. Everything else, like, the environment is way bigger, uh, a lot more going on, so... I'm a glad. I'm pretty much glad I, I adjusted quickly to that environment at Cal State LA. When redshirting, you usually get that one-year advantage. What did you work on basketball-wise and academically? How has that prepared you for the next level? So basically, with, with within my redshirt year, first I didn't think basketball didn't come first at all. I think my books came first, more truly, because it's my redshirt. And once you're a redshirt, you gotta keep those grades up, obviously to go to the next season be prepared but then after i i finished with good grades this year that came easy with the red shirt as as a red shirt now that you can work on your body whenever and that's what i mainly did basically i just went to the gym almost every day got in shape i worked as hard as anyone in the gym and tried to be the best i can be how did COVID-19 affect practice sessions and, and what were some of the things you all did during the pandemic as a team? We didn't do much as a team as we're getting a new group actually that's coming in for the next season. But during the pandemic, uh, we would have basically team meetings on Zoom, FaceTime, uh, pretty much check on each other as a team, uh, make sure everyone's doing well, everyone's staying safe, you know, just making sure everyone's all right. That's basically it. So did you work on anything individually to help keep you above the rest? Individually, I would say, again, I just worked on my body a lot more, got stronger, uh, got faster, improved in vertical jumps. Basically, I've been in the gym almost every day now. It's just working and working, uh, trying to get that starting position next season and pretty much make a name for myself at Cal State LA, especially with a red shirt season, like I said. Uh, there's like you there's a lot of times you can't just count and like you're just working every day just trying to get better and better 
because you never know when the opportunity can go away. What are you doing home now, and, and what is the school academic structure like? Online classes, what, what, what are you guys doing? So basically, since the pandemic, uh, everything has been canceled, all basketball throughout the world, mainly. Uh, but for our college, House to LA, we, uh, our coach decided that we can all return home and just stay home. He'd rather us be safe, be prepared to take on the academic year virtually online. And lastly, Justin, any advice for the kids here in Cayman that are trying to get the same opportunity that you've gotten? Yeah, of course. Uh, for the kids, I would just say uh, just keep working hard. Don't give up on anything or any of your dreams, to be honest. I mean, coming from a small private school like myself and from the Cayman Islands, not too many of us, like us athletes out here, make it to like college or, well, yeah, we make it to college, but like not like a big Division One, Division Two school, like me and my friend uh, Josh O'Gara is doing at Oklahoma. And that's a great example. Josh is coming from the Cayman Islands just like me, and he's just signed a Division One offer, so I'm really proud of him too. But other than that, yeah, I would just say keep working hard. Uh, there's nothing that should be holding you back from your goals and basically just stay out of trouble and stay focused on your books because your books can help you along the way a lot and that's your number one priority always keep your family right beside you because they're always there for you the Bodentown native a six foot two inch guard was named the heritage league most valuable player of the year as a senior as well as numerous awards throughout his career in Santa Clarita Christian High School in California, and he also helped lead the team to a state championship as a junior. And before we go, congratulations to Town Football Club for winning the 2019-2020 Cayman Islands Football Association Men's Premier League title on Sunday night following a 3-0 win over the East End United. That's it for Sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin. Back to you, April. Thank you, Dion. Members of the Cayman Islands Regiment, I salute you. Premier the Honorable Alden McLaughlin there welcoming the first official members of the regiment. I am proud, indeed we should all be proud, of these 51 women and men who comprise the very first Cayman Islands Regiment. I have thought about this moment for almost 16 years now. The Premier referring to the aftermath of Hurricane Ivan when members of the Bermuda Regiment came to help with our recovery efforts. He says that's where the idea of forming the Cayman Islands' own regiment was born, but the idea was rejected at the time by the UK. But fast forward 15 years, and on a visit here late last year by the then UK Minister for the Armed Service, Brigadier Mark Lancaster, the idea of the regiment was discussed again. I am and the country should, should be most grateful to His Excellency, Mr. Martin Roper, for his not just support, but his enthusiasm and his drive in persuading the UK government on that occasion to support the formation of a regiment. Mr. McLaughlin says the ceremony marks not only the culmination of many months of hard work and training, but also a new beginning. The future success and growth of the Cayman Islands Regiment rests largely in your hands, you as its first members. It will be in what you do and how you deport yourself that will help define the regiment in the eyes and hearts of Caymanians and give it whatever reputation it earns. His Excellency Governor Martin Roper called the inaugural and historic passing out parade significant. What is even more significant and laudable is that this event is able to take place at all in 2020. 
It is an amazing feat that the regiment has been established and reached this point in the very trying environment of a global pandemic. I feel confident in saying that no other country in history has ever established a regiment so quickly during a global pandemic. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings.